630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Tyler Toffoli scores twice, and the Calgary Flames beat the Edmonton Oilers 3-1 in tonight's Battle of Alberta. The Oilers going through a really rough patch here, now 2-5-1 in their last eight, while the Flames are Flying high. How about this? 14-1-1 in their last 16 games. Let's go back to Calgary. Here's Oilers head coach, Jay Woodcroft. With 10 minutes to go, you must have liked that position. What did you, I guess, see in the in the game? Maybe the difference in this one. Time? Well, I thought it was a competitive game. Um, uh, in the first period, uh, we had a couple power play opportunities that we let slip by. We can be sharper on. Um, we gave up a penalty kill goal on kind of a fortuitous bounce there. Um, and then uh, uh, for me, uh, we made a little bit of uh, an error on our rush coverage and in uh, on the second one there, um, fought back to make it 2-1, um, had some good looks, yeah, were unable to solve the goaltender. And uh, in the end, we, we made a little bit of an error uh, just at the blue line there and ended up costing us competitive game, but there's things we can clean up. Leon didn't want to use it as an excuse, but he did say that it seemed like some of the injuries are, are maybe catching up. Did you, do you feel that way uh, with the group? It's, it's, it's just hard to keep expecting those top guys to, to produce the way they have? Well, I think, um, you know, our schedule is what our schedule is, and our injury situation is what our injury situation is. I thought our the 20 players that we dressed tonight gave us everything that they had tonight. Uh, it was a competitive game versus a good team. Um, you know, we're going to work, uh, we're going to continue to work at our game here and work to get healthy as well. That game's there if your power play's working. Like your power yeah. play's really struggling here. Yeah. Not even very many chances tonight. Is there, you know, what's the next step? This has been going on for a while here. How do you... Well, well yeah, so uh, we can't forget that we're missing three key pieces or four even uh, um, with Bouchard uh, out, out today as well. Um, the... Uh, there is no easy answer on it. Um, we're going to look uh, to to adjust some things personnel-wise to give it a fresh look. Uh, we're going to work on it in practice. And, um, um, you know, I think uh, we can be more substantive in zone. Uh, there are more substance, um, more uh, shots to the net and looking for second and third chances, um, not just uh, relying on, um, uh, you know, a, a certain play or two. It's about finding that second and third opportunity and, and scoring a, a dirty one around the paint. What's the trick? Obviously, still a lot of games left, but, you know, as things get tighter here, it's, you can't mm -hmm. afford many points to slip away. What's the struggle or what's the, I guess, the, the goal to kind of remain positive even though things maybe aren't going right? Right. Well, uh, nobody's happy that we didn't win the game tonight. Uh, there's disappointment for sure. Um, but 
it's one one game uh, we're going to work uh, to correct a few things in in our team game we're going to work to get healthy and uh, our preparation and focus is now on the Washington Capitals here Jay, I believe this was the first time that you used McDavid and Drysaddle for any significant stretch of time within a game mm -hmm. why did you do that and, and what did you see in that what well we were down two nothing I was looking for a spark I really liked uh, Evander Kane's emotional attachment to the game uh, I thought he was uh, a factor in the, in the game tonight and tough to handle for the other team was just looking for a spark tonight uh, didn't end up working our, to our advantage but uh, um, I think some of our other lines uh, played pretty well spent some time in the offensive zone um, the other team is a pretty good defensive team they make it hard but we had some good looks we just didn't convert on them good thanks guys that's the head coach of the Oilers Jay Woodcroft there beaten 3-1 tonight by the Calgary Flames thanks for tuning in it's uh, Harlan Ford overtime open line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center along with Cam Moon tonight I am Reed Wilkins as Cam in for Rob Brown this evening well uh, I mean not good enough for the Oilers tonight even though they they hung in there but they weren't able to get it done and I think Jay touched on a couple things there Cam and I mean, let's start with the power play. And man, oh man, who thought we would be talking about the power play being a, a weakness on the team lately as we'll give the update for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including their new one in Camrose. Check out Extreme with an X, powerproducts.com. The Oilers go 0 for 4 on the power play, so that in itself is costly. Now, in this game, the Calgary Flames had three breakaways and a two-on-one. Two of the breakaways in the two-on-one were while the Oilers were on the power play. I, I mean, then really, those were the only four-odd-man rushes in the game. Because the Oilers, I mean, they sort of had that partial three-on-two shorthanded, but it didn't really develop to, into anything. So a, a huge uh, minus for the Oilers tonight was the play with the man advantage. The Flames were so aggressive on that penalty kill, and especially up high in the zone, that if there's a bobble, uh, on the blue line, it's going the other way. And that's what happened is, is they, they were pressuring the puck up high, which it, it's, that's difficult to deal with, but you gotta make, you gotta move the puck quick and you gotta move it low, but you gotta go tape to tape. Otherwise it's a turnover and it goes down the ice. If you turn it over up the blue line, you're looking at a two on one or a, or a potential breakaway the other way. And that's what happened. Miko Koskinen made some big saves. He held his team in. Oilers 5-on-5 five five, thought they looked pretty good. Didn't give up a lot of grade-A chances. Uh, had some decent chances themselves. Uh, Jacob Markstrom made some saves, or the Oilers didn't, didn't execute as well as they would have liked uh, offensively. So that part was not quite where you'd like to see it, but that penalty kill of the Flames I thought was really good. And you put that in connection of the Oilers power play not being quite as sharp as it needed to be. And when you look at when you look at this game when it's all said and done, you can point to that as as one of the main reasons the Oilers didn't win. Yeah, three one Calgary takes it tonight. And Woodcroft mentioned this in his post game. An error on rush coverage in the second period led to the second goal. You have Nima Linen pinching in the neutral zone and yeah. yeah, I mean, we love him for wanting to hit, but uh you can't rush out of position to do it. And then, uh, I mean, Nurse, just a bad play, just a bad pass yeah. at the offensive blue line, and Goudreau gets a breakaway to put the game away. So two, here's the thing. Like, two, we talk about making plays or making mistakes. To, to me, those were the two biggest mistakes in the game. I don't, I don't know. I mean, the Flames weren't perfect, but I don't know if they made a huge mistake. 
that gave the Oilers a chance, and, and the Oilers kind of handed them two uh, huge opportunities, and, and they're in the net. Yeah, that the, the one by by Dardell Nurse. I mean, it's getting later in the game. You're down by one. You're pushing. You're pressing. So you're going to try and make some things happen. And and that was just a, a misread on the pass. And you don't want to see it happen. You don't like it. But you know when you're down by one and you're pushing and he, you've got to jump up into the play like that to to try and create something offensively. You know sometimes it doesn't go your way, and that didn't go his way for sure. Uh, but yeah, that's and and yeah, the defensive zone when they had the the push on the with Nima Linen stepping up, um, and it created an odd man rush. William Lagson had to slide over. Uh, they didn't have that help coming back from from the forwards. So then that that springs to Foley to be uh, wide open down the wing and get a clean look to the net and score. So yeah, that's um, that's a busted coverage. And uh, the Oilers weren't able to, to get through that one. All right, so 3-1 Calgary is the final. Their record now 34-14-7. Edmonton drops to 30-23-4. They are two points out of a playoff spot. They are behind Nashville is their closest uh, competitor. And uh, the problem is also Nashville has two games in hand. So this, I mean, this is a tough slog for the Oilers. I... I, I Mooner, you're probably more optimistic than I am, and there's a, there is a lot of track left. This is a really tough situation for the Edmonton Oilers. Like even being these two points out, uh, down to 25 games remaining, tough games coming up. Uh, you know, and again, I referenced it before the game, and I know there's a lot of different sites that do playoff odds and all that kind of stuff. I look at sportsclubstats.com. Had the Oilers at 39.5% to make the playoffs. That's going to drop. I don't know how they'll do the calculation overnight. They do, like, millions of simulation of the rest of the season. Th 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 this is I – I don't want to say it's, it's dire right now, I, I know you're th probably thinking, well, what are you talking about, Reed? There's like a month and a half. I'm, I'm serious. Like, this is – there's not a lot of leeway here to, to lose two, three, four games in a row or have another stretch like they're having now where they go two, five, two, five and one in eight games. I mean, it's – you got to stay. You got to put a run together here soon. You do. It's tough to make up ground, uh, especially in three – when three-point games start happening for sure. You're right. I, I wouldn't say it's dire, but it it's the heat starting to press. Like you're you're feeling the warmth yes. right now. You can feel that heat a little bit. Yep. They they need a stretch here where they win five of seven or or four of six or or something like that where they can start accumulating some points and and at least jump over a couple and, and maybe push a few down as well. Like so they. That needs to happen. Win one, lose one, won't do. Oh, no, not no, at all. You have no, no chance. It's, 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 I, I mean, you probably got to be about a 620 points percentage now. Yes. 600 probably won't yep. cut it anymore. No, you're, you're probably right. So they got to start stringing some wins together. There, there's, are there positives from tonight's game? Absolutely, there's positives from tonight's game. The way they played five on five, the fact that they had three very inexperienced defensemen and, and they didn't bleed a bunch of great chances other than when they were on the power play. Uh, so, yeah, there's there are some positives to be taken from this. But we're getting at the point in the season where two points is far more important yeah, you're than, better than off any positives. You're better yeah, off, yeah, you know, yeah. 
winning like he did against Philly or, or, or whatever. 3-1, Calgary takes it tonight. It's going to be a $100 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They're given 100 bucks for every Oilers goal and the total for the season up to 18500 The only Oilers goal scored tonight, they did get a bounce on the goal. It was Devin Shore, so Darnell Nurse rings the puck around on a shoot-in. Markstrom isn't able to knock it down behind the net. It hits Dan O'Rourke in the skate and it bounces to Derek Ryan who just sweeps it on net immediately because he saw Markstrom wasn't quite all the way back in. Markstrom saves it, but the rebound goes right in the slot to Devin Shore to fire it in. Now, if the puck goes in off a referee, no goal. If the puck bounces to somebody, even immediately, and he, and he taps it in. So, I mean, it was, uh, it was a lucky goal for the Oilers. They got a break. Yep, they got a break. Uh but that happens. Sometimes the puck hits the referee or the linesman. It changes the course of, of the pass or the shot or whatever. And you got to play that. Like, that's live off of, yeah, as long as it doesn't go straight in. That happens all the time during a course of a game. Oilers were able to take advantage of it, though, like getting that opportunity uh, for it coming right to Derek Ryan and then, then the rebound to Devin Shore. Uh, yeah, that's just... That, that's just one of the ebbs and flows of a game. It could happen for you, it can happen against you, and you got to roll with it. But yeah, good for the Oilers. And it's nice to see, a, you know, a guy Devin Shore hadn't scored since just after Christmas. Was it uh, was it New Year's Day? Right around then. So yeah, so good to see him get on the board. All right, uh, the Flames, by the way, are now 27-0 oh, and two when uh, leading after two periods, as is the custom. I haven't said that in a while, but it uh, keeps happening. The Oilers give up the first goal. They're 13-23 and four when they allow the first goal. Uh, first uh, goal still 17 and 0 oh when they score first, but uh, it hasn't even happened a, a third of the time this season. All right, three-one <laughs> Calgary takes it. We'll call a quick timeout. We're happy to hear from you as well on the certain. Certainteed Hotline, Certainteed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainteed Pro all the way, 780-496-0063. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chair. Nurse again, shot blocked, and the rebound skitters back towards center, two on one. Backlund over the line with Lindholm, a shot, and that was fought off by Koskinen, stayed out short side. All right, that's the save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. I, I mean, really, Mooner, I thought both goalies were good tonight. M Markstrom obviously having a Vesna caliber season. Uh, he stops 27 out of 28. Koskinen stops 26 out of 29. He stopped two of the three breakaways he faced. Um, I, I guess kind of going to get lost in the loss here a little bit, but I thought this was another good performance by Koskinen, who was... Uh, unbeaten in his last unbeaten in regulation in his last nine decisions. Well, I gave him a chance. You know, that's all you can ask when you you don't score a goal until five minutes into the third period, but you're still in the game. Your goaltender is giving you an opportunity, especially when he's had to deal with a couple of shorthanded breakaways and and dealt with a two on one. And uh, yeah, I thought Miko Koskinen gave him an opportunity. Jacob Markstrom gave us exactly what we probably expected going into this one. Uh, that he would play well because you know in the previous two games we was sitting with an 871 save percentage in, in those two oiler wins in Edmonton so you know he, he wasn't lights out in those two but he, he was really good here tonight uh, for Calgary 
But Koskinen has settled in. Like, you look at this last couple of months, you know, when he's played, he's, well, yeah, he's 7-0-2 coming into this, yep. right, in his previous nine. So you know, he's given them an opportunity. He gave him a chance tonight. If the Oilers were able to get something going on those power plays in the first period in particular, getting a couple, and you score first, I mean, it changes the way that whole game goes and, and the way it, just the whole outlook outlook of it. Uh, but they weren't able to do it. And But uh, you got to give Costin credit. He hung him in. What do you think of... Uh First of all, Costin's reaction to Kachuk and then uh, Luch swinging up the puck that in the third period there. Well, that certainly could have been a call. I mean, that was hard. And it it wasn't until the replay that I, I realized how hard he hit him. Yeah, and I think he hit a certain part of the body that... Got him right in the Koskinen's. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. I think he might yeah. have. Yeah, I think he might have too. <laughs> that, but that was, that was, a, uh, it was a pretty good chop. Like in, in real time, I just thought he was you know, just taking a whack at, at the puck. But it, when you watched it, it was some pretty good job. So that could have been a call. All right. Oilers lose 3-1. We'll get to your phone calls in a second here. Back to Calgary. Here's Leon Dreisaitl. Uh Yeah, we're not, not in sync right now. So um, it's an area that has to improve. <clears throat> Particularly in a game like this one, you five on five with more chances you know you played a pretty square up five on five the power play could have made a big difference tonight does it make it a little harder to look at when you have all those chances and you just don't generate yeah i mean it's, it's obviously um you know we needed it tonight we didn't have it um so it's something like i said that you know needs to be fixed and um have to be better at it was there anything else you guys felt was kind of missing as a group? Because uh, the five-on-five five play seemed pretty good. But what, did you, what were your overall thoughts on, on how things went in that regard? Well, I mean, played a solid game, I think. Um, but not going to win very many games if you score one goal, you know. So uh, on the defensive side of it, I thought it was it was good. But offensively, um, yeah, maybe didn't didn't create enough. Was it something they were maybe doing to help? Or to slow you guys down a little bit, or, or do you think it was? Yeah, I mean, so, they're, yeah. they're a good defensive team, of course, but um, we're obviously missing guys. Uh, but every team goes through that, so that that's not an excuse. Um, but yeah, um, just find a way to to create a little more. Leon, after going five and zero when Woodcroft arrived, you guys have two wins in the last eight games. Where do you evaluate your team's <coughs> effort level and compete level right now? Well, I don't think it's ever a question of competing or, or battle level. I think uh, we're, we're playing our, our hearts out. Um, but, again, if, if, if you score one goal, uh, you're not going to win very many games. Um, and, obviously, there's there's top guys on in our lineup that are, you know, those those are key minutes, right? Nuge plays 20 minutes a night. You, you're not going to... It, it's it's hard to to replace a guy like that. It's hard to, to replace 16, 17 minutes from Pulley Yarvi. But again, that's uh, that's okay. Every team goes through that. We we have to find a way to to bank in points regardless. You talked about every team goes through that. You have had a couple of tough opponents in the last eight games or so. Does that kind of accentuate how fine the details are against the top teams in the NHL, including Calgary right now? Yeah, the, those teams are always hard to play against, of course. Um, but that's that's. We, where you need those guys, right, that, that we don't have right now. But, um, yeah, good teams. Uh, I think we're, we're in every game. Um, just got to find a way to 
uh, come out on, on the other side. Do you find guys are trying to, you know, make <coughs> plays where maybe they're not place? You know, everyone's trying to contribute and make the score the goal you're talking about. Is, is no, that's not... <laughs> You know, you you can't expect Brad Malone to come in here and score three goals tonight, right? That that's our job. That's on that's on Connor. That's on me. That's on the the top guys that um, you know are are getting paid to create. And um, we probably didn't do enough of that tonight. So um, they're they're playing great for us. They're they're giving us hard, really solid minutes. And um, so that's that's the least of our worries. Yeah, we'll cut it off there. Okay, well, that's Leon Dreisaitl after the Oilers lose 3-1 to the Flames. That's interesting, Mooner. That is uh, perhaps as as blunt as I've heard a player talk about injuries, and, and he said some stuff, but then said, look, it's not an excuse. Um, <laughs> but he's right. I mean, Brad Malone's not going to come up and uh, and snipe a couple so he can beat the Calgary Flames. And, and certainly they, they miss Nugent Hopkins. They miss Pugliarvi, a couple guys he mentioned. I think on the power play tonight they missed Barry and Bouchard. Um, but as he said, they still got to figure out a way to get points. I, I just thought it was he, – he, he kind of expounded a lot more than a lot of athletes do in that situation, talking about injuries. That was refreshing. I, I was impressed with that. You're right. He was incredibly honest. And I, I loved that he said, we're playing our hearts out. Effort wasn't an issue at all. They, they played hard. They battled. They did they execute on the power play they would have liked? No, they they didn't. But it wasn't from lack of effort. It was just from lack of execution on on, on the power play. And in five on five they were pretty good. But yeah, that was uh that was that was enlightening. It was, Leon was incredibly honest in his answers and uh he should be applauded for it because that isn't always the case. Sometimes you know, players just don't want to say too much or, or whatever, and they keep it, especially after a loss, and it can be, you know, very guarded. Mm -hmm. That was incredibly honest, I thought. All right. Oilers lose 3-1. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Billy standing by. Hey, Billy, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I, uh... I have a question. I, I, want, I want to know what you guys think about the Oilers. Um, I find them sometimes to be inconsistent. Like I'll see in certain games against certain teams that battle uh, effort, it's there. And then sometimes they just look like they can't make a, like a simple pass to get out of their own zone. I feel like they're really fighting it. And I, sometimes, lately I've been feeling like these guys might actually miss the playoffs. And if, and if that happens, what type of summer do you think is going to well, how long have you? First of all, I'm, I'm, Bill, I'm not trying to be sarcastic. How long have you lived in Edmonton? You know exactly what type of summer it's going to be. And we've been through yeah, this. Yeah, but I, but I mean, like for the organization, I mean, what do you do? What do you say to your fan base when you miss the playoffs again, potentially with the best two players in the world? Like, how can you keep selling this to this fan base? I mean, eventually something has to give here, right? Like, I, I know there's still some runway, and I, believe me, nobody wants them to make the playoffs more than me. But this is like. It's getting pretty serious here, guys. Like, well, that's what I was saying earlier. I mean, th don't know, don't look yeah. at the standings and think two points is one win. It's 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 a uh, it's uh, a yeah. it's a deficit at this point that that's tough to make up. Look, uh, I I don't know how they would sell it to the fan base. The fans are incredibly loyal. They have been through. I mean, I did uh, I did plenty of seasons hosting where. Um, I mean, they have 30 wins. I, I had 
I've done seasons where they probably had 15 at this point in the year. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, the fans are incredibly loyal. Uh, I mean, I think we know that if they miss the playoffs, they probably change the GM, and then who knows what would happen with the coach, and we'd go from there. So yeah. we'll worry. I, we'll worry more about that if and when it happens. I, I think with the the inconsistent play, Mooner. I think that's to me that's probably the the definition of this season so far because you have had yeah. good runs, and then you've had other yeah. little runs. And and I think one thing Billy said is. Um, you know, those nights where they look like they can't complete a pass. Now, again, I, I thought the effort was there tonight. I didn't think they were silly or, or lackadaisical or anything like that. But something Rob and I talk about all the time is I, I think sometimes they get behind or things aren't flowing and maybe they get a little impatient. And maybe it's like, okay, yeah, you know, we, we've dumped it in seven times and we haven't got it, so now we're going to try to do the three-man weave through the... I didn't think it was a problem tonight, but I do think that's been a problem at other points in the season. They, you well, know, they, they start to they, press. They start to press, and the, and they complicate the game instead of simplifying the game. And when you've only scored first in 17 games, and this is, what, 57 in now. It's, that's shocking. That, <laughs> that's shocking. So that, that what I'm saying is that opportunity to press comes up a little more often, which means you're chasing it. And, and sometimes you have to change things up because it's not working the way you wanted it to. And, and you start taking chances that you wouldn't do normally. And it, it'll pay off occasionally. And sometimes it won't. And it'll land up being good opportunities the other way. So yeah, that's part of it, I think. I thought the effort tonight, really good. Just uh, it could have been better on the power play, a little better execution. If it could have, it, even if it could have generated momentum, that might have parlayed into a goal in the first period and maybe changed the way the game looked. But, mm. yeah, it, it, you, you can only deal with what you have. And I know having as many players out as they do right now isn't ideal. Uh, but you got to make do with that. And, and if you're the coaching staff, you can only coach the ones that are in the game. So that's what you got to work with. Yeah. And and I thought, you know, the guys that uh, that were in the lineup, I thought they played hard tonight. Well, like I said before the game, uh, the fourth line was Benson, Malone, and Sevier. I mean, that's probably generously 14, 15, and 16 on the forward depth chart. Yeah. You could even, you know. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, because once you put, you know, Nugent Hopkins, Pulley-Arvey, Cassian. Cassian in the lineup. And you got to take three guys out. <laughs> Those are the three guys yeah, coming out. So there you go. And then if yeah. you go at 11 and 7, Shore's probably not playing. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's a good call by, by Billy. And I think he's he made some good points. And, yeah, I mean, the, the playoffs are, are far from a sure thing. I mean, again, they're 14, 18, and 4 in their last, uh, what is that, now 36 games yeah i mean that's you that's a 73 74 point season if you play at that pace the entire year yeah yeah no they they need a they need a run here like sooner than later where it's like five of seven something to that effect yeah that, that's the only way and, you can make up any kind yeah. of run. and again the in, the injuries are a factor i think oh, it would be, sure. i think it would be ignorant not to acknowledge that but you're probably not getting all those guys back all at once. <laughs> no, you're not. You know, and now maybe Archibald plays, but like how much? Okay, 
you're coming back for myocarditis, and I know he's been given a clean bill yep. of health and all that stuff. But yeah, it's 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 a tough it's a tough situation. And the last eight games, you know, only going two five and one, they're starting to lose a little bit of ground. Absolutely, uh, we do have a winner tonight. Uh, Toy gets a fifty dollar River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Took the under on set the line for River Cree excitement bet on it. Fights in this game. Point five. It was under. There weren't any. No. Kane and Kachuk, we wondered, maybe. Coincidental minors. That's the closest it came. You wondered maybe if that was setting something up for later in the game. I didn't mind, well, more than didn't mind it. I, I liked, and, and Woodcroft alluded to it, I liked Kane's engagement. I mean, he played with a little bit of a burr under his saddle. I, I think he's played quite well. Like, and not just tonight, because he'll... He gets in there, he takes the body, he, he can add things offensively. I, he's been, he, for a guy that had to come in, and you talk about uh, Josh Archibald having to come in when everybody's halfway or now more than halfway through the season, that's hard to play catch-up. Evander Kane had to play catch-up, and that's, that's difficult to do. Not that you're not in shape. You're absolutely in shape, but it's that game timing, and everybody's playing with uh, with an intensity and a speed that you're not used to, and you got to try and catch up to that. That's that's not something you do over the course of one game. It takes weeks, uh, but Evander Kane's done it pretty quickly. So, yeah, I've been impressed with his play since he's come to the team. All right, Flames win it 3-1 to Foley, gets two, Goudreau gets one, Devin Shore with the only goal for Edmonton tonight, got to bounce off the referee and put it in. We have Goodfella on the Certainty Hotline as well. Hey, Goodfella, go ahead. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for taking my call. As I say, every couple of weeks I phone in. Um, I don't want to complain about the game, and I appreciate what you guys said about Dreisaitl. I, I saw the interview, and I, I felt the same way. It does need to be said that we've got a lot of lost man games. Koski did whatever he could. Um, you know, I was pretty impressed with, with the team, considering how many key players were out. I think f three or four top nine guys were out, and, you know, two power play quarterbacks were out. What does irk me, and I never, I never try to pretend like I'm a GM or something like that, is that Ken Holland plays this kind of chess master patient game that he 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 kind of you know that's kind of his hallmark but i think th i think the league has changed and it's very very frustrating i'm not talking about today's game i personally don't think we're going to make it uh, i'm usually very positive i don't think that we're going to make it i look at a couple of those stat sites um and i can you know we can look at it and say you know too many long losing streaks a lot of injuries one of the highest uh, lost man games in the nhl but holland had three years and i'm not complaining about koski today or over the last month he had three years to trade out Koski's contract at some point and maybe lose the trade, but whatever. And year number one with Mike Smith, I didn't want him. We got lucky. Year number two, we got lucky. Year number three, he really, really pressed his luck. And I don't, I'm not saying fire the GM and stuff like that, but, um, you know, I think he listened a lot to Tippett. And a lot of these people that are in the lineup is because Tippett wanted them. I'd watch the games with my buddies. I say, and what do I know? But I'm like, man, Tippett's not saying anything. I think he's done. He's ran out of ideas. Lo and behold, you know, 10 days or a week after he gets fired, he quit. Um, so I, I want to know what you guys think about the goalie situation. And again, I'm not talking about Koski tonight. He was never supposed to be a starter in the first place. But Holland not fixing those problems three years running not fixing them not willing to take a 1.5 million dollar hit if he has to hold money to fix that problem well that's the biggest i think that's the biggest criticism of holland i mean yeah. the, and that's and that's the number one thing that rob and i and tonight cam have talked about after almost every game is goaltending yeah so yeah i mean look we 
I, I just feel like I, at this point, it's been recapped enough. Uh, you know, Markstrom, you know, chose Calgary. Should have the Oilers offered even more? Could have you bought out Koskinen? I don't think Koskinen was tradable, quite frankly, unless you ate money. And then um, I suppose, you know, some people would even make the argument go with Koskinen and Skinner this year. I don't know if I would have done that because I would have wanted Skinner to play a lot in the minors, but I mean that's what I'm and that that's what I'm saying. You know, if the Oilers don't get into the playoffs, does Holland take the fall? You know, could have there been more uh, aggressive, dynamic moves that could have been could have been made along the way? Obviously, if you don't get in, <laughs> you know somebody somebody uh, somebody's gonna gonna pay the price. But yeah, I mean that's all fair. I get the I get the concern coming from people tonight, and we're looking at the standings, and it's uh, it. It's a tough spot with tough. I mean, if this is an 0 3 week, Mooner, Ooh. look out. I mean, LA's not slow. Like, here's it's at the point now the Oilers will not catch Calgary, nor will they catch LA. So you're hoping for a Vegas slide or wild card? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Because Vegas is. And Vegas is four points ahead of Edmonton. I don't think that is impossible for Edmonton to no. make up. And they've got them. Two more times, do they not? One more time here. One more time? Yeah, because okay. they beat them twice early. Oh, right. It's three then, three with them. Sorry. I was... Is it three with them? It's four with Vegas. They were here already? Yeah, the, the second, last oh, yeah, game for the second last game for Tippett. They all start to mesh together. I know. I know That's I, right. I hear two, it's been two there, so it's one left. So, yeah, if you got more against them, then it gives you better opportunity. But, yeah, they're going to have to skid a little bit. And the Oilers got to get on a run. I, I'll be interested to see what happens with the goaltending in the in the immediate future. Well, I think you got to play Costin again Wednesday. Do you think Stuart Skinner is going to get a game in here, or do you think he's just up for a little bit? Interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it depends. Yeah. I mean, Smith supposedly has a stomach flu. Yeah. So, so I don't know. But but he's I, here now. He's here now. <laughs> Would you try him out? You know, but I also it? think, like, here's the thing. I yeah. don't think Koskinen, I mean, unless somebody really wants to hammer on him and say he cost them the game in Chicago because he threw the puck well, away. He got him a point. But he Let's also probably honest. got he him a got point. Him a because, point. They, because Chicago probably should have been up already 4-2 yes. four, four, or 5-2 at no, that point. he's been good. So I think I think you got to reward him with another start, quite frankly. That's what I would do. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like the games are... are Bunched in real, real tight here because you got the Wednesday and then not till Saturday. Yes. So, you know, you could do that. This is actually a relatively spaced out week because they go Finally. Wednesday, Saturday, yeah. and then next Tuesday. Yeah. So if he keeps playing well, you could play him the next three games. Oh, well, you, you could. Anyway, Oilers lose 3-1 to the Calgary Flames. Uh, more post-game reaction coming from Calgary. More from you as well. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, there's been three games in the Battle of Alberta this season. The home team has won all of them. The Oilers took the game back in October. They won in January. Those were at Rogers Place tonight at the Scotiabank Saddledome. It is the Flames beating the Oilers 3-1, scoreless in the first. Toffoli got two in the second. Shore and Goudreau traded goals in the third period. And that is 
your final. Oilers are going to host Washington on Wednesday to start a five-game road trip. We'll check the scoreboard. Mooner for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers. Head to edmontontrailer.com. And talking about the Kings, they, they win again. Uh, 3-2 in overtime against Boston. They tie it late, win it in OT. Uh, <laughs> if you're an Oilers fan, <laughs> that's tough to take. Yeah, they got a late one. Uh, Trevor Moore scores scores late, and then, oh, to make it even worse, nothing to see you with the OT winner. I'm sorry to even deliver that news. You know what? I... I feel bad now for even having, you know, fired that out there. Maple Leafs beat the Blue Jackets 5-4. Matthews got his 40th. Bunting got his 20th. Marner got his 22nd. Line A scored for Columbus, his 22nd of the season. Panthers beat up on the Sabres 6-1. The Avalanche outscored the Islanders 5-4. That was my preseason Stanley Cup final prediction. Avalanche against really? Islanders. Well, yes. well you I'm got a, half a chance. Might get <laughs> half a chance. You got half a chance. <laughs> Uh, and uh, the Oilers farm team had a 2-0 lead, but they lose 3-2 to the Ontario Reign. Dylan Holloway did score tonight his sixth as a member of the Condors. And uh, right here on 630 Chet Calgary over Edmonton, 3-1. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Chet.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Love Japanese Village. It is good. It is. Good. You like sushi or other stuff? All of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's wonderful. It's a great experience. Yeah, absolutely it is. Yep. I just wasn't sure if you were into sushi or not. Yep, I am. Yeah, me too. Like raw, put it on your plate, you'll eat that. Yes. Yeah. Same here. Yep. I, no. I don't. I when it comes to food, I I'm not. You know, I'll I'll I like to I like to try different things. That's good. Yeah. But, yeah, they do a great job, Japanese Village. Okay, Certainty Hotline, we have Aaron standing by. Hello, Aaron. Hey, boys, how's it going? Well, I'm working with one of my best friends, so it's a good night. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. So, uh, just a couple comments on the power play. It, uh, it really seems like, I mean, it's no secret that they went from historic numbers to average to bleeding uh, shorthanded chances. But honestly, it's because they keep forcing the same plays, like, I've kind of joked all year that uh, I could probably make league minimum bouncing around on waivers just killing power plays against these guys because <laughs> they do the same play every single time. Either dry settle is going to force the uh, the cross seam pass to McDavid or back to the blue line, or he's uh, or they're going to try to feed him for the shot. Like it's it's painfully obvious that teams are reading this and they're taking advantage of it now. What and, would you like uh, to see? <laughs> Keep it simple. Pucks to net. They got Kane and uh, Kane and Hyman working the front of the net. Like, what? What more do you need to bash pucks in? Just dry, between Drysdale and McDavid, they got the quality uh, the quality shots to to take them and try to bury something. It's it's just baffling that they keep trying to force these pretty plays. But I don't know. I don't, <laughs> well, I think they're gonna shoot from the point more. I, I, I think when Bouchard's sure, yeah. been back there and he starts firing away, I think that's a great way to start a power play, personally. And the sh sure, because you're getting shots from uh, from prime time right down the middle, right, rather than from the outside when you got McDavid or Drysaddle shooting off the uh, the outside hash marks. And when, with the goalie situation, too, I mean, Holland has been pretty outspoken on his reluctancy to trade a first-round pick, especially for a player with uh, with a year left on his deal. 
And you got to wonder if that's what cost us getting Kemper, because there's no way that Arizona looked between uh, Colorado's first-round pick and ours and said, oh, Colorado's definitely going to have the higher pick out of the two. So I wonder if that was the uh, the nail in the coffin that cost us that trade. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure about that. But, yeah, that's that's a fair question for sure. Uh, though they did – it was interesting with the – like, I, look, it, it does affect that Barry and Bouchard aren't there. Uh, I didn't think Nurse had a great game with the power play. And actually for the last power play, our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line, they put Duncan Keith at the point. The Oilers' last power play. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, and I, I thought I thought Duncan Keith looked all right there. I, and as far as shooting from the point, I, in theory, it's, it's great as long as there's a shooting lane. You know, firing it into shin pads. And watching the puck go up oh, down sure. the other way, you, you got to be able to open up those shooting lanes. So you have to be able to move the puck, and you got to move it quick. And it's got to be tape to tape. And it's a little more difficult when a PK such as the Flames is as aggressive as it was tonight. Like you're not going to open up those lanes as easy as they're all pressuring the top. So that puck either has to get down low, and you got to work it out of the corner and work a play low. Although they were playing pretty uh, aggressive against that too, but you still, it's got to, you got to move it quick. It's the only way you open up those shooting lanes. Yeah, well, I think that's fair, Mooner, but it, yep. and you're right. Calgary's PK is outstanding, especially at home. Isn't it over 90% yeah. for the yes. season? So, yes, give Calgary credit, but it's it's been, I mean, the power play has been hurting the Warriors yes. for a few games now. And But I, I agree, you have to get the shot through, but what I'm saying is Bouchard is good at that. He is, yeah. I mean, the, when they beat Calgary on January 22nd, remember they were down 2 nothing, and Bouchard got two power play goals because he's good at getting shots through. Well, and, you know, Nurse had a couple shots blocked. He had the bobble at the blue line that led to the shorthanded breakaway as well. That's He's not as comfortable in that role as Barry and Bouchard. And Bouchard's got a, a tremendous shot. Like, that. that's a heavy, heavy shot that to block can't be easy or fun right so yeah that i think that's part of it too so when you don't have that shot it it changes things for sure and it changes the way the team defends you too so yeah there's validity to that I but think. but uh, but calgary was great i mean they they went right at connor and leon like oh, they, yeah. they, they had leon skating backwards a couple times like he got the puck on that right flank and then he had to backpedal to the wall and then eventually you run out of space. So, I mean, I, I think good points there by Aaron. I do yes. think we got to give Calgary credit, but the Oilers got to figure out. And maybe it is sometimes is, again, like Hyman and Kane are in front. Did they have a chance in front on the power play? I don't think they did. I mean, at one point I even wasn't, I had to ask you if Kane was on the power play at all. And you were like, yeah, he's down low. Yeah, he's down low. Yeah. You know, even like Alex Chason, who... You know, was generally a fourth line player. He would get on the power play and jam his stick and his feet right into the crease, and McDavid and Drysdale would try to bank him in off. And I mean, sometimes you just got to try to make that play. Yeah. Well, you got to get it to the net. Things chaos is created by getting it to the net, especially if you can get rebounds. As long as you're not shooting at logos. Like if if you're keeping it low, you're going to see pucks bouncing in front of the net you're getting rebounds Oilers scored today granted it was five on five but it, it was a rebound off a broken play but still yeah getting the puck to the net especially early in a power play seems to help generate momentum for the team with the man advantage all right 3-1 calgary wins it we have kelly on the certainty hotline as well hello kelly hi how are you guys tonight excellent 
That's uh, good. No, I was just calling to ask, do you think um, with the trade deadline coming up and things like that, do you think it's still to, uh, a chance for the Oilers, or do you think they've waited way too long to try and make a trade? I mean, we, we obviously are going to try and get a goalie or something for next year with Koskinen's contract up, and hopefully Skinner gets a chance because, you, know, you know, we need to see this kid get a chance. But do you think we have an opportunity still with the trade deadline coming up, or do you think it's too late? For specifically a goalie? Not a goalie, just just or even a better trying to improve our defense. Oh no, I don't think it's you too. Know. Oh no, I don't oh, think yeah. it's too late at all. No, no I don't no. think it's too late till the deadline passes. Is it easy? No, but I don't. I don't think it's too late. No, not at all. No, I would think every every avenue would at least be looked at at the, especially at this position. You're on the outside looking in, so I would think any and all options would be looked at thoroughly. Between well, now and then. And, and here's the thing, and that's a good question by, by Kelly. It, it, let's say, because we can only take Holland at face value, where he's basically said, we, th- we think we can go with the goaltending that they have. A lot of people are going to debate that, sure, including you and me, but we'll take that at face value. So let's say he doesn't think that there's a... But, and this is the discussion Rob and I have had. You can say we'll trade for a goalie. Is there a goalie oh. that's available that's an obvious yeah. upgrade, especially if Flurry doesn't want to come here? So let, let's say they're not going to trade for a goalie. So then if you're if goal prevention is the problem, and that is the Oilers' problem. I mean, I know tonight they only scored one goal, but they've still been in the top 10 in goals for most of the season. And actually they do have more depth scoring than they've had because Hyman's at 19 and Kane's come in and scored. And Yamo and Pugliarvi, sure, you can argue you wish they chipped in a little more, but they, they, they chip in. So, I, I don't think they have to go out there and say we got to get a, we have, the priority has to be another thirty goal score. Okay, so if you're not going to upgrade the goaltending, and you can score in the top ten in the league, then you you better get a defenseman, right? So okay, so they're supposedly looking at Justin Braun. I'm sure all sixteen teams who think they can make the playoffs, or all twenty four teams who still think they can make the playoffs, would love to get Ben Sherratt. So then, to me. If you, if to me the goalie's the priority, but if you're saying that's off the table, then you then you better bulk up the D. I think that's fair. Yes, <laughs> but I, I I wanting to do it and and being able to do it might be two different things. I don't know. I I don't know what's available. I don't know what the price is of it right now. But it that'll get looked at. It'll get looked at hard. It has to. Because you're in a position where you need to improve right now. Mm-hmm. If you were, you know, sitting in a position where Calgary is right now, it's absolutely different. But where the well, they're are, probably still going to try to improve too. Oh no, sure they will. The Toffoli move turned out pretty good, though. <laughs> well, he was excellent. Yeah, yeah, he's been he's been good for him. Okay, we got Frank standing by as well. Hello, Frank. Always good discussion tonight. Uh, my point is as follows. I agree with uh, most of the uh, previous callers about the power play. They are so predictable when I am watching the game that 80% of the passes that they try, I'm predicting it before they actually do it. And uh, other than the loss tonight, I think what Brian Sutter supplied for the rest of the league, especially the Western Division, is a blueprint on how to how, how to take care of our two best players, Dreisaitl and McDavid, and uh, how to play us on the power play. Now, you take McDavid and Dreisaitl out of the equation and the chances of us winning the game 
uh, probably about 10%. And we've seen what's happened to the power play. Just too predictable. And I can't believe how stubborn they are. They just won't simplify it. And as one of the previous callers said, get the puck to the net. Get dirty. We got players in front that can hopefully yeah. cash in on a couple of them. It's over and over. It's like watching the same thing. And, you know, people say when you do the same thing over and expect things to change is the definition of insanity. Yeah. I'll let you guys comment. Well, absolutely fair. Uh it's just that I, the Oilers, when they'd previously played Calgary, and I, Calgary did a great job defensively tonight of neutralizing Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. In the previous two games, Dreisaitl had seven points in two games against Calgary. Connor had five points in two games against Calgary. And the Oilers' power play was four for seven coming into this one. So whatever Calgary did tonight, yeah, absolutely worked. What they did in the previous two games absolutely didn't work. So, But again, Bouchard shot the puck the last well, game. Well, no, that's, that's right. It, it, the, they didn't have him tonight, though. So you had to try and make do without. And and that... And they didn't have. And Nugent Hopkins played. In those, did he play in both those games? I think he played in both those games. I think he was back for the Calgary game. Yeah, so it, it's... Uh, yeah, like. Well, there's I, no doubt they have the. They, there's no doubt they have the talent. I mean, it's almost unfathomable that we're having this discussion, because yes, obviously they weren't going to be 36 percent like they were earlier or whatever it was. But I like I thought they could be high 20s again, or maybe even 30 like they were the last couple of years. I, 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 I eventually they're going to score, but yes, is there something? And, and here's here's the thing. And I, and I hope Frank is still listening. Because I will say, Frank, you're right that they're predictable. But I would also say, if you watch a lot of teams on the power play, they have go-tos. I mean, you could yeah. argue you could argue any team is is predictable. Um, you know, like, I used to know Montana was going to throw to Rice. Couldn't stop it. <laughs> True. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know what I'm saying. But, yeah. but. But I, but I, but I will add. If it's not coming from the flanks, then do you not have to have Hyman and Kane or who's ever down low touching the puck more? We're working it because it never seems to go. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mooner. Just trying to think. It seems to go across uh, McDavid, whoever the point man is. It seems to go across the top a lot. McDavid left flank. High guy on the point, dry side or right side, right? They they go through that a lot, and then maybe they try to get a cross seam pass or or a high tip. Does the puck ever? How often does the puck go down low to somebody, who then maybe is trying to jam it or center it? Does that happen enough? It's something to look at. You're right, and if you don't have that the big shot from the point in Evan Bouchard, then maybe that is something where you work. You work, try and work a two-on-one out of the corner. Right. Yes. Or, or Calgary made the, the one play where they, they worked it to the side, to the corner, and then quickly out front. They didn't connect on it, but they made it work because they were able to open up that seam from the corner to the front of the net. As long as you can get the defenders moving, and again, you got to be quick with the puck, and it's got to be tape to tape, and you can get them moving around, things will open up. And you got to take advantage of what opens up. You can't. It, it, you can't have a set idea of where you're going to open it up. Right. 
And like, because if they take that away, then then now what? Once something presents itself, which it will if you move it around and have the players moving, uh, then you have to take advantage of that once it happens. But So here's the thing. The Oilers had four yep. power plays. They had three shots on goal. Yeah. Flames had two shorthanded shots. Two really good shorts. Breakaways. Shots. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think Lindholm hit the outside of the post on his two-on-one. I, yeah, oh, okay. I don't think that was a shot. That's on goal. right. So, and then the Flames on their four power plays got seven shots and got a goal. So that one ended early because. <laughs> so right. that's that's the thing tonight. They didn't even. I mean, if we were sitting, if it was 0 for four, and they had 11 shots on goal and Markstrom made some, I wouldn't be as critical. Well, as no, I am. you'd have generated uh, momentum for your team, and you would have felt that off the back end of of the power play because the Oilers would have would have rolled that momentum, and maybe they score a even strength goal sometime after that. But you know, they the power plays were momentum killers. Yeah, tonight, unfortunately. All right, Calgary takes it 3-1. Devin Shore had the Oilers' only goal. You'll hear from him when we get back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chicks. Sloppily turned over, fired back in by Nurse off a linesman. Quick shot, Brian. Rebound, Shore scores. And Edmonton right back in the game. A friendly bounce off the official. Markstrom is furious, but Devin Shore has his first goal since New Year's Eve, and it's 2-1. to one. Well, that's the only one the Oilers could muster tonight in a 3-1 loss in Calgary. Here's the man who scored it, Devin Shore maybe was was holding you back a little bit tonight the chances didn't seem maybe to be there but you did play uh, all right five and five yeah uh, I mean in every game in this league you know especially two good teams Battle of Alberta like the difference is always gonna be really small and in the details so just a few things uh, all over the ice you know you probably want to clean up and that ends up being the difference did you find maybe it was a special teams battle that, that cost you or was it something maybe on five and five that was maybe a little lacking too um I think like I mean Special teams, they, they can be difference makers too. You obviously want you want to want to win that battle, and and uh, and we didn't tonight. But but uh, you know, I thought our power play had some some good looks too, and and uh, you know they they get one on the power play there. So that uh, but I mean five on five, kind of similar. Like I thought there were good stretches where we played really hard, but just like I said, small details here and there that end up being the difference. Leon said we can't. He's used Brad Malone, but he said we can't ask Brad Malone to walk in here and score three goals. It's our, it's us, it's the big guys that get paid to create are supposed to score, he included himself. Uh, when I know you're not going to talk about the big guys, but are the different guys with different roles in the team, right? The power play guys got to be power play guys, defensive guys got to be defensive guys. Is that all going on right now? Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm not going to talk about those guys. They're they're unreal and they have the, the ultimate trust in us and and uh, they're going to hold themselves accountable. I think it's important for every guy to as cliche as it is, look in the mirror, uh, know what you make, know what makes you successful individually, and and that that usually comes together as a as a team game. But uh, yeah, no, I think if, if everyone everyone focuses on their own job, we'll be fine. Devin, you mentioned the power play. Uh, just maybe take us through the mental battle of getting a power play opportunity as a group, but it was the Flames kind of generating a few more scoring chances shorthanded, and what that mental battle looks like when you're trying to get momentum back after a time you should have had momentum. Yeah, I mean, like like I said before, those guys are 
so good on the power play, and they, they have the ultimate. We have the ultimate confidence in them. So um, it's it's not gonna you're not gonna go you know three for four the the entire season. There's there's ebbs and flows to special teams. There's ebbs and flows to to an individual game and, and to a season. So um, the, we know they're working really hard. Gully's really good on the as a power play coach. They're dialing in their meetings and stuff, and I'm not worried about them at all. We're at the point where there's still lots of games left, but you guys are outside of the playoffs looking in here. Uh, you know, are we getting close to some critical mass? Like, are we thinking that this thing needs to turn around pretty quick? Yeah, any game you go into, you're, you're looking to, to get points. Um, I think if we start looking at the standings, that, that would not be the, the way to go. I, don't th I think we're trying to build something as a group in the way we want to play. Um, and I think that needs to be our focus and, and uh, let results kind of be a byproduct of that. Um, like you said, a lot of games left. Like we're, we're, we're over the halfway mark, but I think if we start looking at uh, the playoff picture, I don't think that that's a recipe for success right now. That is Devin Shore gets the Oilers' only goal in a 3-1 loss to the Calgary Flames. These two teams are going to play again later this month. Once again in Calgary, it'll be the final of their four meetings this year. Okay, well, the Oilers back at it at home on Wednesday. That's going to be the start of a five-game homestand. The opponent is the Washington Capitals. It's on 6.30, Chad. The faceoff show is at 4.30, game at 6. A little earlier start for a weekday game here in Edmonton. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have... In Inside Sports from 6 to 8 p.m. Cam Moon in for Rob Brown tonight. Great working with Cam, of course, in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. And thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. My name's Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Flames take it 3-1. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.